Live. Uh, we're live. I didn't test anything. We're here. Hey, I'm Aristotle Full Throttle. Nice to see you. I'm, uh, hey, hey, happy for Thursday. I said it was Thursday yesterday. Today's Thursday. Thursday every day. That's the way you know what I say. Never skip leg day. Always skip leg day. Unless it's leg day every day. Anyway, this is the Aristotle Full Throttle Show. It's five days a week, Monday through Friday. I'm not even sure that that p- first part of the show goes out. I think that uh, it's it's a there's a delay. Well, look at this mug I've got. This is Thespian Troop 2963. That's the part of the that's the Thespian Troop I'm, I was in in high school. I'm here on Long Island visiting family, taking care of family, um, taking care of business. What are you up to? How are you? I said I was going to take a nap, but I did not take a nap. I did the show instead. Going to appointments this morning. Things got to take care of. Um, they found, they took a picture of the black hole at the center of the galaxy, and it turns out it's right past Uranus. I start out with highbrow comedy. That we, uh, It's all downhill from here, folks. Thank you for uh, joining me on here on Aristotle Full Throttle. You can subscribe, like, and share. You can listen to this as a podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all the things. Did you know that Christopher Walken is the emperor of the universe in Dune Part 2? According to Dele Villeneuve, uh, Danny Venezuela, I call him, he's the director of the, the movies, the Dune movies and all the cool movies, Blade Runner 2049 and Imposter. And Arrival, he's done a lot of really good movies. You should see his movies. They're artful and science fiction-y. He's, a, he's Canadian, but I won't hold that against him. He's a French-Canadian. Welcome. Welcome, French-Canadia, to the show. Is it the People's Republic of Canada? I, I, don't, know, I don't know how they... Is it just straight Canada? That seems like there's not enough. You know, it's the United States of America. It's also the United States of Mexico. I don't know if you know that. The El EEU. Estados Unidos de... Well, that's the United States. But it's Estados Unidos de Mexico also. Oaxaca. That's what uh, Fozzie Barrow says. Oaxaca, Oaxaca, Oaxaca. He's got the guns on Oaxaca. Blau. Uh, Yeah, you know, we do stuff here. We talk. We have a conversation back and forth. Right now, I'm excited because, you know, the universe is ever-expanding, just like Uranus. I'm going to keep saying this joke over and over again. Forward to yawn. Sit down, folks. Sit down. Forward to unto yawn. Welcome to the show. Everybody, settle in. Sit down. I got a story to tell. Gather around the campfire. Look at me. I'm a thespian. I'm from thespian 2963. That is my actual thespian troop. See that? It says it right here on here. I saw this on the shelf, so I decided to take it. How are you, Forward Unto Yon? Did you hear about Christopher Walken? He's going to play the emperor of the universe. That's a pretty big job title. They got benefits with that? Is that, a, is that like a, you get to keep that title? Is it you get like four years at a time? And I mean, I don't know. It sounds like a pretty big responsibility. Emperor of the universe? That's a lot. I don't know. I'll take it. Christopher Walken is like kind of a really interesting casting choice for that because he is—he's good. The now Christopher Walken—he's actually from around here. You know, I do got a story to tell about Christopher Walken. I was working on a set uh, years ago, uh, and there was a guy who talked like this on the set, and it wasn't Christopher Walken. He's like, "Yeah, I know." Someone was like, "You know, you sound." He's like, "Yeah, I know. I sound like Christopher Walken." 
And we were like, why is that? And he said, because this guy comes from the same neighborhood that Christopher Walken comes from in Queens, in Queens, New York. So Christopher Walken is from, and he said it's, he's down to the very specific, like three or four block area that Christopher Walken grew up in. And you know why he's got that distinct way of speaking? It's because it's highly concentrated with Estonians. Estonian Americans live in this, this like this radius of Queens and they, he said, we all talk like this where I'm from. <laughs> I'm not joking. This guy, this guy's name was like Kevin, Kevin Danson. His name was Ted Danson and, and Christopher Walken. They made a movie together. It was like Ginger Rogers and Grace Kelly and also Gene Kelly. <laughs> Grace Kelly, what are you doing here, Princess Grace? Oh, I'm just driving off a cliff. Anyway, I'm not going to... Oh, oh, e, oh, hey, here to Dink. Welcome to the show. Like a cheap Arnold. Yeah, this is Christopher Walken. Yeah. Imagine they had a baby. Come on, I'm Christopher Walken's baby. You know? He's very much sound like, come on, you idiot. I'm a cop, you idiot. I can't do it. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. I think that's actually part of the impression. Emperor of the Universe is a lazy job. You wait for a faster than light mail to arrive for weeks. I know. You got to fold space, though, first. You know what makes folding the space the weirding way? You know what makes that possible? The spice. The spice melange. It expands the mind. It makes the uh, folding of space possible. Just so you know, in case you want, in case you want some, five dollars under the table, five dollars. You can fold space. That's what this guy told me one time. I bought it. I bought it was just ecstasy. Run to the. <laughs> Do uh, you want me to say that for one or two young? Let's do it. Okay. Run to the chopper. Now chop me some onions for my omelet. It's over. You finished. You got to get really way back in there with your throat. Um, and that's not what she said. That's not what she said at all. Here to dink. Welcome. Are you here to dink? Because we're, we're here for it. We're here for it. Um, so I was, I've been, you know, here on Long Island indefinitely. We'll see. I'm in New York eating. I'm trying not to eat too many bagels. I'm trying to, my blood sugar's all over the place. I'm eating too much bread and cheese. It's delicious, not healthy. My, I might, I might die of cheese. Golden Johnlin, John Ian, Johnlin says, I always pictured Christopher Walken in a 70s and 80s department store ad. Welcome to welcome to Christopher Walken's house of greeting cards. <laughs> Thank you. Christopher Walken's house of greeting cards. I went to the same school as him, Hofstra, Hofstra University, which is also, um, it, you know, that's where Francis Ford Coppola went to school. So, you know, they turn out good thespians troops, thespian troop 2963 right here. Uh, cheese infection. That sounds like a delicious disease. I can't wait to get it. Doc said, I got cheese in my arteries. I said, is it melted? Because I'll put it on my sandwich. 
Here to Jinx says, I'm here to listen while I pair my freshly washed socks. That is actually the function of the show. Thank you so much for letting us know that because I hope that you're maybe washing your dishes or something like that. Or maybe you're doing something even more mundane like um, cleaning your toenails. I mean, this show is perfect for that, actually. Uh, You should just have this playing in the background as a podcast. As me just talking to you in a soothing voice while you pick the funk from your teeth. This is uh, the function of the show. It's ASM. All right. All right, all right, all right. The A is for Aristotle in ASMR. And the SMR is for for lunch. It's what's for dinner. You're matching and catching up with things to do. Yes, exactly. You got you want to have a show that is mindless and uh, tasteless, and that's this one. Thank you for being here. I hope that I can bring you some kind of uh, enlightenment, <laughs> enjoy, <laughs> take you away from this, take you away from your daily mundanity and insanity, and bring you into mine. Let's see what else is trending, ladies and gentlemen. Christopher Walken is going to be the emperor of the universe in Dune Part 2. Isn't that cool? I mean, I'm down with it. I think it's a, he's a good actor. It's the thing about Christopher Walken, I know he sounds like the same guy every time. He sounds like the... I'm Christopher Walken. You know, he does that every movie. And we're like, oh, that Christopher Walken. We love him. God bless him. That dude, he does the same voice every movie, but this is the thing. Here's the trick. He's also a good actor. It turns out he's also a good actor. You know why? Because I believe him. I believe him every time he's doing something. There's an incredible scene in Catch Me If You Can. Watch the movie Catch Me If You Can. He was robbed of his Oscar for that movie. He should have won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Christopher Walken. He was robbed. He was so good in that movie. There's a scene where he holds up that necklace, where he does that thing with the, it's like his, it's his like con man thing. And there's a scene where he holds it up and he's smiling. He's smiling. And then he's shot down. He's like, hey, I got you this. And someone's like, they shoot him down in that moment. And he doesn't change his position or he doesn't stop smiling. But his emotions change. I've never seen anything like it. It's Christopher Walken being incredible. He's like, he went from this to this. And it went from excited to completely crushed. Without moving. He's a great actor. It's a, he's a great actor. <laughs> um, it's incredible. So imperceptibly small. His, because he just thinks it. You know, he, he feels it. And you, we feel. That's the trick, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not feeling what the person on screen is feeling, then they're not a good actor. That's the, uh, <clears throat> Amber Heard. <clears throat> I just choked on something. I don't know what it was. Uh, Ford Ajiyan says, I'm already enlightened. When I push the button, room brightens because of me. That is good. I'm glad that you can <coughs> do that. I'm, um, I'm here I'm here for it. Golden Johnson says, Walkin' is a, a Chemical Brothers song that had Dune references in the lyrics. You know what also about, uh, if you want to talk about 90s um, sort of, uh, what would that music be called? 90s drum and bass. You want to talk about that song, Fat Boy Slim, Weapon of Choice? Christopher Walken is in the video, and he dances. You know why he dances? Because he was a dance major at Hofstra University, where I went to school. Thespian 2963. We're doing callbacks today. Uh, Yeah, he is... Um, he was a dance major 
at Hofstra for one semester. So don't go bragging Hofstra. He left to become famous and awesome in movies. He's very he's a presence, but he's going to be the emperor of the universe, which is cool. I didn't know that about the Chemical Brothers, so that's cool. Had that a Dune. The weapon of choice. Oh yeah, it was Fatboy Slim. Okay, so I was like, oh cool, that's both of them. But you know, that's okay. We always miss Chemical Brothers, Fatboy Slim, uh, Jamiroquai. We get them all mixed up all the time. We never know which. We can't keep those sorted. But Christopher Walken, I'll tell you, what was your favorite Christopher Walken performance? Mine, The Dead Zone. You want to kill your own son? You see that movie, The Dead Zone? Do you know who I am? I can't do it, but, you know, it's a great scene. The ice is going to break. That's what he says in that movie. It's awesome. (laughs) Did you guys see that movie? Oh, boy. It's a good one. The Dead Zone. Check out that movie. He's great in that. He's great in Catch Me If You Can. He's always great. You know who he's also in? Annie Hall. He was in Annie Hall. He's the guy. He's like, I drove. I keep having this dream that I'm driving off a cliff. Penny Chit is here. Hello, Penny Chit. I realized I was not saying your, your name correctly. Penny Chit. Uh, but yes, Christopher Walken is incredible. Uh, he's fantastic. I don't, I'm not sure if he was ever in an episode of X-Files, though. Uh, but my friend uh, Brian Thompson was in several several episodes, maybe like half a dozen or so. We should get Brian Thompson back on the show. Maybe he could stab me in the back of the neck with a, an alien. I told you aliens were real. Brian Thompson is one of them. Um, but welcome to the show. Who, what is your favorite Christopher Walken movie? What is your favorite Christopher Walken uh, performance that you or memory that you have? Everyone has one, you know. And tomorrow we'll do Jeff Goldblum, and the following day we'll do Jack Palance. You guys don't know who Jack Palance is, but he actually talks funny too. But he's dead now. But when he was alive, he was my number one guy. Yeah, believe it or not, he was great. Um, Jack Palance. I, I always wanted to see a movie with Jack Palance. Jack Palance. Jack Palance. Christopher Walken, and like, I don't know, Jeff Goldblum. Imagine the talking that would go on. Imagine that conversation. Let me just imagine it. Okay, good. I can't do Jeff Goldblum's voice. But, uh, yeah. Oh, Jeff. I believe you left your sunglasses on the table. Imagine that. Imagine them all talking to each other. Good golly. It'd be laborious, but... Uh, it would be an interesting uh, thought experiment. Forward to Yacht, I watch movies as a neutral guy. It's the TV series I get involved emotionally in. Interesting. You're a neutral guy. Uh, what kind of TV series do you like? Do, uh, is, was Christopher Walken ever on a TV show? I feel like he's a movie star. He's a star, kid. I'm going to make you a star, Christopher Walken. He's walking on sunshine. Uh, that should be his TV series name. Just pitching it. Hey, Hollywood. Hey, Netflix. You going down? I got a, st- I got a series for you. Uh, pitching it. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take $50 in fives. You could pay me in fives. Um, uh, I know you got it. Walking on sunshine. Christopher Walken and a dog. Just him talking to a dog. It's not a real dog. It's a stuffed animal. I would love it. I would love to watch that show. I produced it. Just name me as the executive producer so I don't have to do anything. 
Um, Ford onto Yawn says, For now, I am cursing Halo. Master Chief is gone. Oh, the Halo series. That's right. Good golly. I, I want to watch that show. I love Halo. I love I loved playing Halo uh, on Xbox when it first came out. And uh, my brother and I played Halo until we, we were playing every year. T- <laughs> so a few years ago, my brother and I, we were playing Halo until like 4 in the morning. We were just going crazy. Now I say a fo- few years ago, this might have been 7 or 8 years ago. Uh, we were, it might have been Halo 3. And we were just playing and playing and playing. We're like, oh, we should play again. Bring your headphone splitter so we can like play it on headphones. Every single Christmas, he says, bring your headphone splitter so we can pick up where we left off at Halo seven years ago. Uh, we haven't yet. I think they, they've they since taken down the network, <laughs> the Halo network. <laughs> I'm going to go bang on someone's door. Open back up. We want to finish the game. Uh, Christopher Walken, The Prophecy, and Joe Dirt. Those are two uh, exceptional Christopher Walken performances, given that every single one of them is is immaculate. So Joe Dirt, I didn't I I forgot that he was in Joe Dirt. They did take a picture of Uranus recently. Um sorry. They took a picture of the black hole at the center of the galaxy. NASA has released a picture of it and you know, it's a blurry smudge. That's you know, they're like hey everybody, look how great this looks. It's a uh, I, yesterday I was talking about aliens. I was on a tear. The internet went out. Sorry for that. But uh, I came back on. You can listen to that entire episode, the first part and the second part, on the podcast. But they did take a picture of the the black hole at the center of the galaxy. Not the black hole at the center of my soul. That one is not photographable. But they uh, did, I, I believe they just gathered data and then sort of reconstructed this image somehow. But it's just like a, spl- a blurry smudge, and you're just like, kind of like, okay, cool. Just like Penny Chit said yesterday, once we discover a new thing, we're kind of over it, and then we're on to the next thing. We've just discovered that the black hole at the center of the galaxy, which is basically, I, I assume, everything in the universe pulls on everything else in the universe due to gravity you know whatever the curving the curvature of space time and uh this black hole is probably holding this entire galaxy together otherwise we just fly off into other other cooler galaxies i don't really like spiral galaxies anymore i'm over it let's go to like more of a disc shaped one that's what i'm saying ezra miller got arrested again oof ezra miller just he can't seem to stay out of the Slammer, that guy, that freaking guy over there, Ezra Miller, look at this guy. I've been on Long Island for uh, a couple weeks now, a week and a half actually. A week and a day, to be precise. I was in Portland right before that, but now I'm, I've been out of L.A. for two weeks, and suddenly my accent is coming back. My friend said last night I sounded more L.A. than ever, though, and I was like, what are you talking about? I don't sound like I'm from L.A. Um... Let's see. Dune. Yeah, Dune is... Uh, let me see if I can find this picture of Uranus. Of, I'm sorry, the uh, the black hole at the center of the galaxy. Which is, you know, unremarkable. Although it is pretty freaking cool. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, it's incredible. But also, you know, underwhelming. It's a marvel. But also a DC. You know what I'm saying? Let's see. NASA. Ford to you says, uh, wait, Golden John, John Lund, John Lund 
says in the chat, had to stop playing Halo after the 112 year, the 112 year old teabagged me. Teabagged me. Sorry. I gotta. I gotta read. I gotta learn how to read. Send me back to elementary school. And they said they mean things to your mom. A 12 year old. The one. Okay. Let me say. Let me rephrase this. You had to stop playing Halo because the uh, after the 100th 12 year old teabagged you and made fun of your mom. I mean. There's nothing more empowering than being 12. Really. I always say, like, little little kids. I used to work at a library, and I, I, would, uh, I was a reading mentor for kids. <laughs> Go figure. And uh, the kids, they were third graders, so they were eight. So they could, like, they would just stop reading and, like, get up and dance, you know? And I'd just be like, all right, I guess we're dancing now. Cool. They're cool. Eight-year-olds are like adults. They're they're their adult self almost. They're they are who they're gonna be basically, but they haven't yet learned how to smile politely. So they'll just say whatever's on their mind, and they you know it's it's great. I wish everybody could be like that. It'd be a lot more. Uh, you know, there's one thing that I can't stand is passive aggressiveness. Um, really, is that just one thing you don't you can't understand you can't stand really you don't like that okay no i don't ford on says nasa is justifying its billions with a smudge i thought nothing can come back out of a black hole and suddenly black hole starts reflecting must be one great thing uh, well here's the thing about the the black hole it's not necessarily reflecting it's just the event horizon and then around it and then the light is actually that we're seeing is probably just the light that's being bent from around it, from behind it. So we're actually seeing it's lensing and stuff, you know, it's cool. I don't know. It's geeky stuff. That's for nerds. Oh, good thing. I'm a nerd. Let me read about it. (laughs) Well, who's the emperor of that though? Do who, who would win in a cage match? The emperor of the galaxy in star Wars or the emperor of the universe in Dune? Because I'm just saying, I think the Emperor of the Galaxy in Star Wars, I think he's pretty badass. I think Emperor Palpatine would take out Christopher Walken. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they had to act against each other or who would win. But I can't seem to find the, the black hole. Hold on. Don't clip that and don't take that out of context, what I just said. Here it is. Cool. All right. Wow. Yeah. I was just uh, seeing a line from Hamilton. Yeah, that's there. We go, ladies and gentlemen. The height of human advancement in technology and observation in space is this. I bet you've never seen anything like it. But yeah, I agree with you, Ford Ontario, that they are justifying. NASA always got to come up with a you know a project, you know they they're different projects. The NASA projects, I think that NASA is, I like it. I want them to keep looking out into space, but there's really nothing out there, guys. Let's just face it, Mars is boring, space is dumb. Let's go play Halo. What do you think? You know, we just imagine all this stuff that was going to be cool. But uh, Ford Ontario says, in Halo 2, 
I used to camp by parking Scorpion inside the, uh, the flag room. It took me 10 days to figure out this trick. But when I did, it was the best camper. That's pretty fun. Did you make hot dogs on the fire? Did you make uh, s'mores? Which stands for some mores, because I want to have eat some mores. Penny Chit says, <clears throat> here's a fun fact. I came across... Uh, I came across, here's a fun fact I came across about that photo. The equivalent of sitting in Los Angeles and counting the bubbles in a beer on a table in New York, or about 3 billion times the power of the human eye. Oh, that's pretty cool. I I often try to, to count bubbles in a beer in New York when I'm in LA, but NASA could help me do that, actually. Uh, it, it, I... <laughs> I am being sarcastic and facetious. It is an incredible discovery. I was excited, in all honesty, to find out this, but this is a you know the show where I make fun of stuff. <laughs> it's an absurdist point of view, is what I'm saying. But that is pretty absurd. I would I would love to count the bubbles in a beer as a job, maybe. Hey NASA, is this on the NASA budget? I just wrote a new grant. I work at NASA. Uh, they said, count the bubbles in this beer. I said, uh-oh, I'm going to need another beer. Drink that one. And that's how we did it. And that's how we figured out how to <laughs> figured out a career in beer drinking, which is, uh, you know, it's rewarding. <laughs> it just reminds me of when Dr. Strange refilled Thor's beer. That'd be a fun job. Ford unto Yon says uh, a freaking Pringle, a freshly baked orange Pringle. Yeah, that's pretty much what it looks like, right? Imagine a whole can of those. Don't get your hand caught. You'll be like that guy in Clerks. Here to Dink says black hole or glowing space donut. I'm smelling a conspiracy theory. That's not all you're smelling. Time to make the donuts. Look at this. Oh, my brother's calling me. Hey, hold on a second. Let's let's talk to my brother. Let's talk to Brother Ricky on the air. Uh, brother Ricky, they discovered a planet. I'm sorry. NASA. Yeah. They've discovered. You're on the air. They discovered yeah, a black hole. They discovered a black hole. What really? do you think about that? Yeah. That's not good. Well, they, we've discovered good. black holes before, but we took a, kind of an image of one. There's an image of one that exists. I don't know if they took a picture with a camera or they counted the bubbles in a beer in New York from Los Angeles, but we ended up with a picture of a black hole. What do you think of that? Good. I think I'm concerned. Um, I, I don't want to really lose my uh, my house to a black hole. Yeah. I mean, we're close enough to it, right, where we found it. You've been listening to too much Soundgarden, black hole, son. I think that – uh-oh. What are we doing now that there's this black hole? I think we well, should panic. Well, I think we should yeah, all have well, a I, – I, I have the panic button. I'm going to use it right now. I mean, now you told me this. You've ruined my day. Yeah. And think about the haircut. You're going to ruin my haircut. I'm going to ruin your haircut with this news. With a black hole. <laughs> I, might, I might improve it. You never know. But NASA working on finding black holes. I mean, well, that, you know what they could have done? Just They could have just printed out a, a black sheet of paper and been like, hey, everybody, look what we found. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what they did. Give us another billion dollars. I think. <laughs> Listen, I love NASA. NASA should be funded. Uh, public 
Uh, the science is off to be pu- uh, constantly funded. We should constantly look to explore uh, strange new worlds, which is a TV series that just came out. It's a Star Trek one. But we should... T- we should... I've been paying you to say that. No, I just saw that on the internet earlier. <laughs> I wish they could pay me. Hey, hey, everybody. You ain't... You know what they could use on that Star Trek series? A Spock character, like a Vulcan, but has an afro. Yeah. That's what I'm. I'm just saying. If it, they had the guy with the afro and pointy ears, see, they would they'd save the money on the ears because you wouldn't see them. Maybe just wearing my cat ears. But I'm just saying, I could be the guy who shows up and's like, "Yeah, guys, this is dumb. We shouldn't be out here in space. Why don't we just go back home?" <laughs> you could be the guy. You could be the guy. Like Tom Hanks had the guy. You could be the guy, right? I'll be the guy. You told me about the guy. I did tell Tom you about. Hanks has. Listen, guys, I don't want to ruin Tom Hanks for you. But Rick Wozniak says, "Don't tell your brother about Ezra. He's already having a bad day." That's true. Uh, you know what? Uh, he's better than Ezra. FYI. Thank uh, <laughs> you. I mean, aren't we all at this point? Sorry, Ezra yeah. Miller. Ezra Miller is the guy who plays the Flash in the, in the movies, and he got arrested, like, yet again in Hawaii. Now this footage that they released of Ezra Miller getting arrested yet again in Hawaii. But he couldn't get away. Again? Yeah, he's the Flash. Why can't he just run away? What? What is he doing? I don't know what he's Why doing. Why is he doing that? I don't know. Why is he, he's ruining his career. He has, he gets to run around in pajamas and make millions of dollars, and he's getting himself arrested? Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, come on, no brainer. No need. No what brainer. Really People usually rob because they need money, but he doesn't need money, so he doesn't need to rob. I don't know if, if he's robbing someone, somebody, but, you know, he got arrested. He, <laughs> yeah, why did he get arrested? I think they're going to sentence him to... Trying to look for count bubbles and beer, I think at this point that's probably his punishment. Which sound? This doesn't sound. It could be worse, right? It could be worse. Could it could be, be worse. Uh, four dozen. I don't know how much worse. It could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. Uh, I, I don't think it's worth it. Four dozen. says, "I think the porn industry should rethink its role play porn videos, like a scientist in a lab discovering Uranus or a black hole." <laughs> we. I see you, four dozen. <laughs> I see you, and I raise you. <laughs> yes, that's what that's wow. what Ford unto Yon said. That's fantastic. I do think, I think the NASA and the porn industry—they would probably make all of the money. Um, NASA or the porn industry? Which one? They can't both make all the money because somebody has to make no money, and the other one makes all the money. Well, I figure NASA just—you know makes money doing just the what our Ford Dion says. Just uh, doing some role play videos about space. The final frontier. I don't know. There is a new Star Trek series. Ricky, you surprise, surprise. For this, aren't you? No. I just I'm a nerd and I like Star Trek. Surprise, surprise, speaking of space exploration. Um there's a new Star Trek series. Aren't you excited? Um um delirious. Yeah. Me too. I'm not a Star Trek guy. Not a Star Trek guy. You know what about I'm Star kidding. Wars? Star Wars, I'm more, I'm more into. More into Star Wars. I know you, you probably will yell at me because I haven't seen the first episode, second or third episode. I don't think of Star Wars. Of the second one and the third one, I haven't seen. I haven't saw the one that connects them. Star Wars, the prequels. Wars. You, you don't ever the have prequel. to see those. Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> Don't worry oh, about it. You okay. never have to do. <laughs> yes, Ford Atiyun, the Pike one. Yeah, you don't ever Never. have to watch those movies. Here's why. Okay. Here's why you don't have to have to watch the this, this Star Wars prequels. Because they're terrible, number one. Number two, they're god-awful. Number three, they're in chronological order, yet leaving no suspense to the re- big reveals that are in the middle three movies. So if you watch them one, two, three, and then the originals, four, five, and six, which came out in the 60s, uh, sorry, 70s, 80s, and early 80s, if you watch the original after you watch the prequels, all of the big dramatic reveals that happen, I, I'm going to spoil it for you, Ricky, but Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. You would know that by then. So the time it happens in the movie... You're like, yeah, I saw episode three like two movies ago. You'd already told me this. And in the Return of the Jedi, when they're like, Luke, your sister is is Leia. It's like, yes. What What's the big deal? We already know this by now. So just erase those movies from your memory. Strange New Worlds. Oh, they're erased. Hold on, we're erasing them. I was also going to talk about Bigfoot, I think. Bigfoot. Now, what happened with Bigfoot? Did Nassau discover another foot on the Bigfoot? I mean, what happened now? He's stupid. It's, it's a dumb idea. People should just forget so, about it. They should so have that's been done. I'm trying to help people. I'm saying, let's not go to Mars. It's it's a waste of time. Uh, Bigfoot doesn't exist. Also, the Loch Ness Monster, just a stick floating in the water. Let's, uh, you really think it's a waste of time to go to Mars? Yeah. Why? I mean, have you seen it? (laughs) It looks terrible. You can't even breathe. (laughs) There's no place to raise your kids. You just have the fun fact that you're right. In fact, it's cold as hell. Well, can't they fix that? I mean, I saw Total Recall. They fixed it. Yeah, but. Did they ruin that for people? Not without your eyes popping out of your head. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, well, it's a shame that they're, you're, 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 you're saying that we should get rid of that. I don't know if we should, though. Here's why. I'm being an absurdist because I think we should clean up the earth and make this place habitable and stop trying to ruin it and stop looking toward a pile of dirt. It's a, it's a red rock dirt pile in space. And people are like, hey, look at this brand new real estate. What do you think? It's beachfront property without the ocean part. You know, that's... We're, we're working that's a good on idea, it. Idea though, but that's what we sell it as, and we charge people that kind of money that they think that's what they're getting. We tell them that's what they're getting, and then they believe it. We we make money. I got a bridge to sell you too. You know what? <laughs> uh, hot take: Mars sucks. <laughs> Why don't tell everybody about that? Oh yeah. Listen, I'm sorry. Mars is terrible. Stop trying to go to Mars. You want to? Like, why not Miami? Miami's pretty bad as far as the uh, people. Oh, yeah, but the uh, housing property is so expensive to live in Miami right now. Yeah, welcome to Miami. Uh, but, you know, I think it's stupid. Space Alabama. Luke is from Space Alabama, if you know what I mean, says Ford Dion. I think he's talking about the uh, he's talking about the family relations that are going on in Luke's family. Yeah, those are questionable at best. Rick Wozniak says Darth Maul is pretty badass, though. Rick Wozniak, I agree with you. Darth Maul looks pretty badass, except for... And I know that in the extended universe, Darth Maul is, like, fleshed out, and he actually becomes a character. But in the first episode one, in the Star Wars episode one, The Phantom, Dennis the Menace, he's... Darth Maul 
he's just like a cool guy, you know, he looks he looks cool. You're like, uh oh, this guy's got something up his sleeve. Nah, he gets chopped in half, thrown down a thing. Darth Maul has no character development in that movie. He goes like this, uh, in the Jedi, we're going to find a Jedi, right? And then the uh, Palpatine's like, yeah, yes, do it. He's like this. And then Darth Maul's like, okay, we found a Jedi. Now let me fight the Jedi. And then they're like, you know, Darth, Palpatine's like, do it. And then Darth Maul's like, ow, I'm dead now. <laughs> but how, he does look that's great. That's how it all goes down. I just spoil it for you, yeah. Ken, you're always ruining movies. Still, yes, still at this age, we're ruining movies. Aristotle Full Throttle ruins your movie. <laughs> Ruin your movie. You just, yeah, you ruined it. And, uh, if you give I me, don't need to see the, I'll the pee first in your three cereal. Star Wars. You don't have to see the first Star Wars. That's what I'm trying to say. No, okay, Darth Maul is pretty cool. I, I saw that. I heard it. Now I know. Now, now, now I'm disappointed because I was going to watch them all this week. Darth, watch them all. All. Yeah. This oh, yeah. week. <laughs> you were? Oh, cool. Yeah. Then, uh, then let's watch them. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah. The big reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Ford Hunter Young says, we can't take, a, uh, take care of this here Earth. How the F are we going to take care of Mars? I'm telling you. That's my point exactly. I think that we humans are actually from Mars. The Ark of Noah could be a spaceship and a genetic seed bank. You know what? I think you and uh, David from uh, Alien Covenant are on the right track. Also, Prometheus. Ricky, did you see Prometheus? No, you want to ruin that for me too? Yeah. Uh, she should have turned left. Also, yeah, <laughs> people who've seen Prometheus will be laughing at that joke. Uh, well, I'm still working on it. I'll let you know when I get the joke. Yeah, I'll let you. Over my head. I'll let you know when Prometheus gets good. Actually, half of Prometheus is good, but that that half is distributed throughout the movie. That's not consistent. Half of the movie is is good, but you got to add it up as you go. Which half though? The, the it's like sprinkled in. It's like two percent there, five percent there, and then the rest is uh, not not good. I mean, what's the opposite of good? <laughs> bad. Not yeah. Really bad. Yeah, and not terrible. good. The inverse of good. Have, you should have on your shower. You should make a meter stick and have like all the different bad, very bad, terrible, more bad than terrible. Brother Ricky, that's your rating scale, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you would know about Brother Ricky's. A rating scale, but it goes from not bad to worse than terrible to not bad. No, to worse than terrible. <laughs> okay, the worse than terrible. That's that's where it goes. I would say it's the worse than terrible, and then it goes from not bad to not bad. <laughs> so you can see the, you got it. There are two additions there. Yeah. Do that again. You'll see the difference. There's a difference. Yeah. There is a difference. You want to get Ricky to be like, not bad, instead of not bad. Yep, that's it. You see? Yeah, you got it. You got it, see? Right, Years see? of acting. <laughs> Look at me. I'm Thespian Troop 2963. See? Right here. It says it on my mug. I'm just doing some callbacks today. Drinking some coffee. Coffee. Yeah. Sounds good. I would say that. Beautiful. I would say that Prometheus was not bad, but it's not good either. Um, Prometheus, well, the movie with 
with an inexplicably old uh, uh, Guy Pierce, and then they tried to explicate that in the next movie, but also with the promotional material. Guys, go check it out on the internet. It's from a movie from ten years ago. It's not great. It's it's, it's not it's not great. Now where is that falling? Not well, great, you would think it would be great. Did you ever see the movie Alien? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> That's oh, a yeah, great I movie. <laughs> That's a great movie. I, think I saw it on my birthday. You saw it on your birthday? Yeah. Alien? Alien? Yep. Mm-hmm. Which one? Alien? The ones with the guns or the ones with the flamethrowers? Well, they both have flamethrowers, but... It was my birthday one year, and my younger brother wanted to turn around and watch it with all my friends on my birthday. That's because your younger <laughs> brother has taste and style. <laughs> That he does. That he does. Turns out everybody else wanted to watch it too, it turned out. Yeah, that's correct. Ricky's like, can we watch Little Mermaid? (laughs) Which is also excellent. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I wanted to watch Driving Miss Daisy. (laughs) He wanted to watch Driving Miss Daisy. With all a bunch of guys, teenage guys, and you wanted to watch Alien. I said, Hey, how about this? Why don't we watch a good movie? Prometheus is is like a kid who wanted the movie, and Dad was very rich. Yes, uh, forward it to you. And that's an interesting take on that movie. Prometheus was like, "Hey, can we do it? Can we make it? I've got a hundred million dollars. Why don't we do it?" Um, yeah, Aliens. That's a good movie. Alien is also a good movie. But uh, Prometheus is in the Alien universe. This is a prequel. They don't want to say that for some reason. It's a prequel to Alien. Well, now, why do you think that is? Because they were trying to build up mystery, and Damon Lindelof is kind of a a misdirector. And uh, Damon Lindelof did Lost. I want to Google that. Misdirector. Hold on. Yeah, misdirector. Rick Wozniak (laughs) says, Avatar 2. Who asked for this? That's hilarious, Rick Wozniak. I watched the trailer of Avatar 2 in the movies when uh, (laughs) the first time I saw the trailer was in the movies on Friday, and then I saw it again on Sunday. First time, after the tra- after the trailer, I said, oh, those are good graphics. I'll never watch it. <laughs> the second time I saw it, I said, I said exactly what you said, Rick Wozniak. Who asked for this? Did I? I didn't order this. Can somebody? I guess I'll eat it. <laughs> that's what, that's basically. You never send it back. Never send it back. <laughs> never send it back. You know, but that's a th- that's my attitude toward Avatar too. Though I'm like, I didn't ask for this, but I guess I'll watch it. I, s- I guess. I mean, I got no- nothing else to do for the next three hours. <clears throat> I paid for it. Might as well sit here and take it in. Right. It just looks so. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't care about the first one. I didn't care about the first Avatar, but I was so wrong about that one in the sense that. I felt the exactly same way, like complete complete apathy toward the movie Avatar, the first one coming out. And I was talking to a friend of mine. I remember I was leaving work. I was walking out of the office. And my friend said, hey, that new movie Avatar comes out in a week. What do you think? And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't I – got, I got no thoughts on that. James Cameron directed it, though. Uh, he did Titanic, which is the biggest movie ever. So, I don't know, watch Avatar become the biggest movie ever. And it did. <laughs> it did. I literally said those words. I was like, yeah, yeah, watch it become the biggest movie ever. What do I know? Shows how much I know. Maybe James Cameron knows more about what I want 
than I do. Yeah, well. Like I did for you when I said, hey, let's watch Aliens. Drive and Stacy. Yeah, that seems like a real good party movie. That's a party movie for a bunch of teenage boys. <laughs> I'm just going to say... I'm just going to say nothing but to that. <laughs> Ford Ortega says, and now Predator have handed humans a suit of armor. At least we can go fight the engineers. Oh, yeah, we get that's true. I guess it's all one big universe, that, that thing. We, we did see Predator 2 in the movie theater. Predator yes, 2. That has the one of the best. Predator 2 and the movie Alien. And the movie The Fly. Those are three movies that have, like, the greatest horror movie or taglines ever. Alien, from 1979, is, uh, in space, no one can hear you scream. That's a great tagline. Yeah. That's a great line. And then you fast forward to The Fly, which is, be afraid. Be very afraid. That's the tagline for The Fly, which it which Gina Davis says in that movie. And then Predator 2. Does anybody remember what Predator 2 is the greatest? It was one of my favorite catchphrases or taglines. I'll be back. Mm-mm. Let's see. <laughs> he wasn't back for that. Arnold wasn't in Predator 2. We had our friend. We've, we had our friend uh, uh, Donald Glover's father, Danny Glover. Lest anyone think that's true. Donald Glover and Danny Glover are not related. They're just both black. But everybody is like... Uh. <laughs> Yes, there's there's a funny thing that goes on when people are like, oh, Jamie Foxx, his father must be Red Fox because they're black. Yeah, Um, people got it. People get it. Yeah, people seem to put two and two together. Um, You know, it's hilarious. Ford and Yotes' Avatar made billions. Let's see what the new one does. I don't know. They're supposed to make four more Avatar movies just because they want to torture us. Four more. Avatar. More, more. Yep. Count them. Why don't they just, just make a TV show? Why don't they just HBO and put on HBO and just make a series out of it? That's a better idea. Five dollars. Yeah, that's a better idea. On yeah. Netflix. And you just put the movies off, cut them off, and you got a whole series right there. You got a mini series. That's true. Maybe they'll do that. I know. Well, maybe I, maybe they should talk to me, you know? I'm the one that knows. Um, I, I know how to entertain people of all ages. I just stole your idea and pitched it to Netflix, and they bought it for me already. So, stews you lose. Here's the tagline for Predator 2. It's the greatest. He's in town. About that. Hey, wait, tell me This is the tagline for Predator 2, because they're talking about the Predator. He's in town with a few days to kill. <laughs> it's great. He's in town with a few days to kill. like he's on vacation and they mean kill like he's gonna murder people and and steal their spines and their skulls that's what the predator does he's in town with a few days to kill and no one else no one likes that okay just be all right fine screw all you i'm out of here um i like they should have just bought Arnold schwarzenegger and said i'll be back they should have paid yeah they could have yeah they could have that's better than he's in town. Ta- what I'm in town with a few days to kill. He's in town with a few days to kill. Get it? Hold on to the days. You gotta say days, right? You can't just say days. No, you have to say you have to say kill in a funny way. You have to say he's in town with a few days to kill. 
WNBC. No, you got to say it. He's in town with a few days to kill. WNBC. He's he's in he's in town with a few days to kill. Yeah, the way you're saying it is definitely, it's got a spook to it. But I think I've said that to a couple of people over the years. Oh, I'm in town. I have a few days to kill. But like were you the predator? Last time I went up to, no, I, <laughs> but did you take those days to murder people? That's the. No, I think I uh, just did a conference and then I hung out with some friends that I used to go to school with in Albany. Now that would make a, that would make a very boring predator movie. <laughs> Yeah, you just, you just stay, went to a conference, and I hang out with some friends I went to college with. <laughs> Predators just sitting there on the subway. Yeah. Can't see him. Got a cloaking device on. Just hanging out. We went partying. Just hanging out with a few friends, yeah. Turn my TV up louder than your TV, so they <laughs> Yeah, so the people wouldn't, yeah. Who does your taxes? Uh, Rick Bosniak says, wait, Ford on Yacht says, make Avatar like Simpsons and a survi- uh, survivalist mix, show mixed. Uh, Avatar like the Simpsons. And the sur- yes, that would be funny because it would be like yellow and blue people in that and it would be uh, very green. R- Rick Wozniak says, the only way I would watch a new Avatar movie is if they had to fight Godzilla. Gojira. You know, that that's the original name for Godzilla is Gojira, which is the name of a cool band, by the way. Uh, but because American audiences cannot say Gojira, <laughs> they, they changed it to Godzilla because of the dumb Americans who can't pronounce words. Um, but yes, the new Avatar, I would watch that. I liked that Godzilla versus King Kong. That was cool. Did you see that, Ricky? Of course you did. On your birthday. I think it was your birthday last year. We all watched Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. I think, I think you wanted to watch The English Patient. We were... Probably. You know, I, I tried to watch The English Patient. But I had I, 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 can watch it. I had no patience for the English patient. I sat there. Li- this is literally what happened. I was like, you know what? It won Best Picture. I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to this. I sat there. I got like popcorn, and I sat down and I watched the first five minutes of the English patient. And I was like, mm, I don't know about this. I don't know if I'm. And then I got to about minute twenty five of the English patient, and I said. I should have turned this off 20, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I turned it off. I said, this is the most boring movie I've ever seen in my life. You know, it's funny. I, it was a war, I wanted to ask you about a movie. There was Mark, Mark something. He had like four brothers, and they were all adopted. And his mother picked him up. You learn about this in the first five minutes of the movie. And something happened to the mother and the four brothers. They were all adopted, come back together. And Mark. Mark Wahlberg. Was, no was in it. Who? Do you know what movie that was? Mark Wahlberg was in it. Where they get adopted? Does anybody yep. know that movie out there? They all get adopted. And they're all adopted. They all come together and they all meet up again for because something happened to the mom and they're trying to figure out what happened to the mom. But that's how far I got into it because 25 minutes of the movie, I'm watching with my girlfriend. We're both watching it, and it, it took me a lot of guts. But 27 minutes into it, I said, 
are you enjoying this moment? She says, well, no, I'm not. And then we turned it off. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> it was a terrible movie. It was terrible. It's like a week and a half ago we watched it on Netflix. Mm. Look it up on your Netflix account. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I'll watch. check my Netflix account for what movies you were watching. <laughs> Let's see. I got a little alerts here. Notifications dropped. Lasted over two minutes. Uh, oh. like uh, four brothers or band of brothers or something. Four brothers or something. Four brothers, I think it's called. Something like it that. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Like, it was just remind me. No. Said that, remind me of. Yeah. That I, I was just. There's a movie that Mark Wahlberg is in. It's also not good. Called The Happening, and uh, he's in that movie. In that is movie. he in any, any good movies? He's in a lot of good movies. He's in Boogie Nights. That's a good movie. Oh, that was very, yeah, I've, I've seen part of it. I, I heard that was good. So He's in Three Kings, I think. That was good. He's okay, a, yeah, that, I heard good things about that. Uh, I liked uh, Ted. It's very funny. That's a good movie. What else? Like Ted Talk? Was it Ted or Ted Talk? Just Ted. Ted does talk, though. <laughs> well, there's, there's, you know, there's Ted Talk. There's that, you know... I know, there's TED Talk where everybody's like, look at me, I'm intellectual. Let me watch someone talk about nonsense for 20 minutes and be like, look, I'm smart. Listen, I only listen to TED Talks. I don't know about you, but I watch TED Talks, so watch out. Uh, TED Talks, listen, I'm the kind of person who watches TED Talks. So just watch what you're saying, because I know all about paper towels and how you should use a paper towel the most efficiently because I watched a guy talk about it for 20 minutes. Because I watch TED Talks. Makes me smart. Makes me seem smart. I have nothing to say. TED Talks. Smart. Listen, TED Talks. There's a lady who ran a cult, and she did a TED Talk also. I'm just saying, TED Talks, it's it's technology, entertainment, and design, I believe. And uh, that is what TED stands for. It's not a guy. It's not TED Danson. It's not Sam from Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Although I would go see Ted talk. <laughs> I would. I would love to see Ted dance. He's amazing, Ted Danson. Have you ever seen that guy? He's a he's a funny, incredibly talented actor. Uh, just give me more Ted Danson in my life. But it's just people. Like, I could make a Ted talk. I can make a Ted talk. You know what? Here to make a Ted talk on Mars. I'm going to talk about Mars. Mars. I'm going to be like, hey, everybody. You recognize this? Everybody's, you know the red planet? Mars? Well, it sucks. <laughs> Here's why. And that'll be my TED Talk. I will do a TED Talk. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. This, I formally announce my candidacy for a TED Talk. Please vote for me on the internet somehow. Make it happen. Make it happen like they made John Krasinski happen. All right. Petty Chit says, uh, Three Kings is so underrated, I think it deserves way more love i agree with that as a good movie despite george clooney it's fantastic no i'm kidding i love george clooney i think he's a great director and a great actor also we uh ice cube is in that i think <laughs> it's a good movie i i let's all watch three kings um ford Dion says ted watchers get brain expansion pack for uh free and die <laughs> I would love a brain expansion pack. I think I have one right here in my hand called the iPhone. But uh, Golden, golden I can't read today. I don't know what's going on with my eyeballs. Golden John Ion. I want to say Ion because the Ion sounds cool. Ted Danson, Ted Talk on Ted the Movie. 
Sign me up. Ted cubed. Let's do it. Ted is a teddy bear, Ricky. Brother Ricky. Yeah. No, I I, I didn't think it was Ted Talks. I, I would love to see Ted talk. Oh, well, you know what? I, I got a few for you. If your I name, got a few for you. If your name is Ted, you can technically always say, yeah, I do Ted Talks. You, you're listening to one right now. You might have heard me from my TED Talk. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I'm going to say that from now on. You have no idea. I, I feel like if I drop... I, I legitimately want to do a TED Talk. I think I could talk for 20 minutes on complete absurdity and nonsense. I think I could do it. And, and people would be wowed and amazed. And I'd be like, look at this. This is a picture of a sock. You put one on each foot. It's crazy. You don't. Your feet don't match. So why do your socks have to match? And then they'll change everybody's outlook and worldview about socks. You know. And your conclusion will be: is you should always have a spare pair in case someone comes over and needs socks. Liberate the identity and individuality of each foot. <laughs> your I'm right like foot don't want what your left foot I'm wants. Notes for you. Yeah. I'm taking notes for you. You're gonna, you, this is great. This is, this is great stuff. Rethink <laughs> your feet. There's a TED Talk. <laughs> I think, yeah, my foot. You know, you treat them the same, right? You give them the same clothes? Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, you got to take some time to learn each foot and what their likes and dislikes are. They both like long walks on the beach, though, it turns out. Uh Ford Antion says, a guy named Ted could say, you're watching a TED Talk. <laughs> yes, that's that's right, it. I have to write this stuff down. Just write it down. It. Write this down. Don't. You know, no, we'll remember. We'll remember. Um, that is it. That is the exact phrasing of that. Ford Antion has nailed it. Uh, a guy named Ted could say, you're watching a TED Talk. <laughs> it sounds like you're typing on a... It sounds like you're either eating a bag of Doritos, like literally the bag, or you're raking leaves. <laughs> oh, see, he's typing. He's typing, ladies and gentlemen. He's, he's, he's got a, a typewriter from the early 1900s, it sounds like. <laughs> What's going on here? This is good stuff. Very efficient. This is good stuff. Golden John Ion says... The trick is to talk with absolute authority the whole time, even if it's all made up. That's what white guys do. That is exactly right. <laughs> that is true. You know, that's a funny thing that you say that, Golden John I am. The, like, there, I've been in so many situations with, and it's specifically like sort of the, like the privileged white guy, you know, like the white guy in the room. They'll generally be like, and, and you know, it's, it's a, you know that it's the type of white guy usually. Usually, we're going to say, uh, this can apply to a lot of like mansplainers too, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. They, they'll, they'll be like, someone will say a question. Someone will have a question. And I've had guys that I've known very, very closely for many years who happen to be privileged white guys who would, who always think they should answer every question. 
<laughs> they think they have an answer for every question, and if they don't know the answer of the question, they BS their way through it. So someone will say, hey, does anybody know how many hectares are in a mile? And then someone will be like, well, the white guy will actually. <laughs> so sometimes they'll be like, uh, yes, well, you know, it turns out, and then they start kind of... The answer is, the correct answer is, dude, I don't know. I offer this. I see you're trying to make stuff up on the spot because you think that you ought to have the answer for every question. And I raise you and I don't know. Um, Yes. Ford unto you says, your sock might suck, but you shouldn't. Yeah. I'm going to do I'm going to do a TED talk as a white guy. Uh, (laughs) If we could do that. I'll just say I'll just tell everybody. Look, I, I actually. I'll, I'll get into that story about Cindy Lauper at some other time, but if you listen to my podcast about Cindy Lauper, uh, that's the only time I've ever been accused of being a white guy. Forward unto yawn says, as a brown guy and a Gemini, I don't need background knowledge on anything to talk about it. It's not a white-only quality. This, okay, well, fair enough. Fair enough. There are people in this world then, let's say, um, that will try to respond no matter what the question is, no matter what the subject is, and you just go, hey, sounds like you don't know. That's also an acceptable answer. We will accept, I don't know, for I don't know how much, Alex. Boneless wings are not wings. Hashtag TED Talk. That's true. Boneless wings. That'll be the subject. Socks. It'll be socks. And, uh, and, uh, I don't know, boneless wings. Oh, well, actually. Penny Chit says, Life bends toward white guys' competence as a default, so they get the idea that their thoughts are valuable and warranted at all times. The wise ones realize that this is not the case and behave accordingly. Yes, that's so true. It's so true. And I say this as a brown dude who's worked around many white dudes where I'm like, um, yeah, how come, how, how hard is it to say? I don't know. They answered that because <laughs> it doesn't sound like you know the answer to that. It sounds like you're making stuff up. But, um, but yes, and they, there is this phenomenon where they offer the, the opinion. Uh, they offer their opinion. They, I say, who you mean they? I'm talking those about people. those people. <laughs> Uh, it's a very specific type of folks, but that's true. In our society, let me let me let me contextualize this a little bit more so that I don't get canceled. In the American society, there is an overemphasis on the value of the opinions, perhaps, or at least there is an over-rewarding. Uh, there is a privilege, a privileged class in our American society, and that is of the older white dude, uh, the older, quote, straight white dude, which is uh, the privileged class in American society uh, historically, currently, you know, uh, things are, things are, we're trying to move the needle on that. But like I've said on the show before, there are people who say, um, I don't know. There's there's people who are like 
Talks. They want to watch TED Talks. I'm trying to put this delicately. There are folks that are like very racist in American society. They're like, we're um, but they they associate themselves with like say the straight white guy. They'll they'll be a straight white guy, but maybe you know, and they'll kind of be like, I'm better because I'm a straight white guy, and therefore, uh, you know, we're they'll go on about being the superior race and stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, depending, it's like this is a guy who's like in the KKK or a neo-Nazi or something like that. They're like, we're the superior race, and I'm like, well, where are all your teeth? You know, that's my <laughs> question to you personally. So that's just what I, that, I'm just where saying. Are all your teeth by association? Are you because? It doesn't really seem that you, in particular, are all that advanced. Um, you've you've been people. We've encountered that person. Penetrola says life bends. Tw- yes, I agree with that statement. I agree with that statement. It is something that is identifiable. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm just saying out there. Here's a useful hip hip, hip hint pro tip, everyone. My, my brain's a little jelly jellyfied today. Pro tip, everyone: if you don't know the answer, don't ring in. Okay. Or ring in and then I don't know, make stuff up is what. The, the, I'm putting this in jeopardy terms. Um. Yeah. You know, Penny was on Jeopardy, Ricky. Yes, you mentioned that to me. Yeah, that was pretty cool. She won two games. I didn't know that Penny yeah. was a straight white guy, but I mean, well, <laughs> so so much I know. Yeah, well, she, you know, she's a straight <laughs> white guy. Who, does she have a, a type box? Sounds like you fell asleep. What happened? What's going on? Does she have a TED talk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for her TED talk. <laughs> Wait for her TED talks. Yeah, I've won Jeopardy twice, and I want to talk about it. Yeah. Hello. Well, actually. Well, actually. Uh, hello, Noel Dreher, too. Again, very, very familiar name. Uh, Noel Dreher II, Noel Dreher II. Your name is spelled almost exactly like my last name, except yours has a two at the end, which it's, it's almost, it's like we're right next to each other in the phone book, if anybody ever reads the phone book. Golden John Ion says, yeah, that's rich, because we all know the superior race has liver spots and a beer belly protruding through the federal... <laughs> The federal boobies inspector shirt. That's right. Indeed. Indeed. But that's the thing. It's just like, it's kind of insulting when someone is trying to uh, profess or like, or someone is trying to, to have some kind of uh, power over someone else just through, not by the content of their character, let's say. Which which alien wow. did you like better, the first one or the second one? You're asking me, or asking everybody? Yeah, yeah. I I liked personally. I liked driving with Daisy. And when the chest burster came out of Morgan Freeman's chest, I was horrified. How yeah, come Morgan Freeman said, "What are you doing?" Morgan Freeman. And he went, mm, "I'm just trying to drive with the storm, Miss Daisy." Morgan Freeman was born a 70-year-old wise man. Uh, yeah, has anybody seen him younger than 70 in any movie? Well, Miss Daisy, I can't, I can't do it. 
Morgan, Morgan Freeman. I can't. I can't. I can't quite do it. I spent a day and a half just going Morgan Freeman. My name is Morgan Freeman. I can't. I can't quite do it. I can't sound folksy. Yeah, but, yeah, but you got the deep. You got the. You got the bass in there. Morgan Freeman. He's got. He's got a little bit of a shake in his voice. I can't do it. Can't do it. I want to so badly. Um, Young says anything be it anything can be a TED talk a car honks in USA and Queen loses a tooth welcome listeners <laughs> ladies and gentlemen you know, I've, you know what I've decided from now on this is what I've decided from now on from now on from heretofore anytime ever a saxophone starts playing in a rock song I'm going to go Ladies and gentlemen, Clarence Clemens. You know, I saw him play like I saw Bruce Springsteen play not too long after he passed away. After Bruce Springsteen passed away? Because no. that's pretty impressive. Was he a zombie? <laughs> the Clarence passed away. I think I saw him a couple of days after he uh, passed away. What did they do? Drag and, him out on stage? No, they didn't drag him out on stage. They said, "Excuse me, buddy. He's at a TED talk. He'll be back in an hour." No. <laughs> they said, no, "Even well, though they can dead they put a, can dead people a, play reed instruments? Let's see." They put a spotlight on his where Too he would. St- <laughs> yeah, it's too soon. In about ten years, too soon. <laughs> Long live Clarence Clemens, the they large spotlight, the large man. He was large. You know what? I have a mixed feelings about Clarence Clemens as a person of color, which is just the new way of saying colored person. Um, uh, (laughs) I, it doesn't matter what order you put those words in. It's, (laughs) I feel like, why don't they say white people are people of non color? (laughs) What about a person color? Yeah. Like a person color, a not colored, a person of no color. Um, I, I always figure you got the the East Street band, right? And it's a bunch of white folks from South Jersey and they're all like, you know, look at us. We're we're progressive. We got this giant black guy who is a phenomenal saxophone player. And then everybody gets excited when he walks. Listen, uh, <clears throat> Bruce Springsteen, not known for his African-American fandom. OK, I'm just saying he's uh, he's. I feel like he's white Jesus in a lot of ways. <laughs> he's like the Irish white guy. I love Bruce Springsteen personally. I think he's uh, a phenomenal rock star. But be careful. I'm <laughs> over a dozen times. Be careful. All right, all right. Well, I'll I'll tread lightly. But here's what I feel like: there's the objectification of the large black band who plays saxophone. Because if you watch those videos, I mean, the man was jovial. He was he he had a he had a uh, he was very genial. He seemed very friendly, very likable. He had charisma up the wazoo. By the way, you know, uh, I don't know where the wazoo is. Science is still working on it. NASA has a telescope searching for it in the center of the galaxy right now. But he had it up the wazoo. But at the same time, at the same time, they would kind of like march him out on stage and be like, look, look at this. Look at him. Look at us. Look at us looking at him. I don't know. I think there was like a little bit of a pat self. could be. It's a little bit of a self-congratulatory, like, hey, we're okay with the blacks. 
<laughs> Sorry. Some friends have gone to a couple of Bruce Springsteen co- a bunch of Bruce Springsteen shows. Yeah. And honestly, we're brothers, so everybody probably knows that. You know, it honestly, is what it we is. are brothers. Honestly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is, and um, brother Ricky. I'll tell you, uh, me and my friend thought that at one time. The only people that were not white guys in the audience was me, Clarence, and a security guard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good, a decent observation. Maybe so. I wasn't, I wasn't too far off. I just feel like there. It's like we let a black guy in. In a football stadium. In a football stadium. There's a black guy here, and we're friends with him. <laughs> we're cool. <laughs> Uh, that's the security guard in Clarence. Yeah, I feel like Clarence Clemens is a is an icon. I feel like he could have been one of the most important people in the world. But at the same time, uh, I felt like he was maybe a little bit for show, a little bit, just a little bit. Listen, he was no David Sanborn on saxophone. <laughs> he was no Kenny G. Oh, Kenny G. I'm kidding. Be careful. What, you saw Kenny G? No, no. no. Unironically? I know people that watch the show, they probably like Kenny G. Listen, if anybody out there like, like, I like Kenny G in the sense that I'm like, wow, he's still trucking. All right, now you've earned my liking after, you know, you've been in the spotlight for, I don't know, 40 years. Here's the cool thing about Kenny G. He played a B-flat for like 42 minutes doing using circular breathing. And I thought that was cool. So, hey, Kenny G, you're all right with me. You think you think that that's what he was hoping that he would get out of him? Is that, that you, when he's long gone at, well, 42 minutes. When I start up, when I start up my next band, I'm going to have Kenny G march out on stage and be like, look, everybody, Kenny G. Just take a look. We got Kenny G in this band. I know we're heavy metal, but Kenny G can hang. Uh, Kenny, uh, can you play a B-flat? For the next 42 minutes? <laughs> I'm going to write this down. I don't remember this. Kenny G, you want him in the band? I want, I want Kenny G in the band. You can quote me on that. <laughs> Ford, he's writing. He's diligently writing. Ford at the Yon says, have you guys noticed it's, it's been a long time since Morgan Freeman died in a movie, maybe thrice in 10 years. Wow. Morgan Freeman needs to die more often in movies. He's, uh, he's constantly... Ford, I, 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 he, he doesn't die a lot in movies. For uh, I don't know how many times the Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, I can't do it. Uh, I mean, it's been ages since I heard that Kenny G name. The last time I saw it, it was on a pirated MP3 CD. Noel Dreyer two says Kenny G is okay, but not my favorite jazz player. I should hope that Kenny G. No offense, Kenny G. I should hope. That Kenny G, I mean, <clears throat> time out. Kenny G might very well be someone's favorite jazz player, which is their prerogative. I'm going to be very uh, diplomatic about this. That's their prerogative. Uh, that is their choice. They are allowed. I will allow it. <laughs> but I don't know if you've heard a guy named John Coltrane. <laughs> I know, and you might have heard, or maybe Miles Davis. These are people who played horns of sorts, and uh, you know. Yeah, they they had noisemakers. These guys kind of, um, you know, they're pretty good at jazz. I'll say 
We'll say that. But Kenny G, not my favorite jazz player either. I'll just leave it at that. You know what, Ricky? You might think that Kenny G is not bad. No, I, I think he's that good. He's not good. Yeah. But Kenny G has, has memefied himself. Now that, I'll sleep better now that I yeah, know that he held a B flat, did you say, for 42 minutes. Somewhere about that. I'm so, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to that for a long time. Me too. <laughs> I'm gonna. Wait, I forgot what we were talking about. Ford onto Yon says, "Music is music, be it from sex or instruments." Yeah, I like the sound waves. I like the compressions and rare fractions of air molecules myself. I don't know about you, but those can, in the right sort of frequencies, uh, will will create the release of endorphins in my brain not sure about you but me i like sounds and how to make them um so you know that's that's a kind of co- a cool thing about it if you break down things into the absurdist point of view we're literally just pushing air out of like our meat sack of a body and then like touching two parts of our cartilage together to create vibrations of the gas that is, like, ever-present around us on Earth, and not on Mars. Mars sucks! Uh, but here on Earth, then we make those vibrations, and that goes over to your ear, maybe via electronic signal and then reproducing them where you, wherever you are. Uh, and then that whatever was in my head is now in your head. Isn't that weird? I just created... I broke it down absurdly. Uh... Whatever is, I'm saying things that are inside this part of my body, I assume, and now it's in yours. That's it's very strange. It's telepathy, except, you know, you got to do a little work for it. Um, post that link later, Afordo, to yawn in the Discord. Do you have any last words, Ricky? Because we're going to make you walk the plank. And <laughs> Well, let's just hope that we continue to live. That's a good statement. Uh, I, I should hope we do. I believe you're quoting Paul Simon in his concert in the park. In Not in the park. His 1975 concert. It's live nine... at Ryman Simon. Ryman Simon Live. <laughs> you know, I saw that that song, Slip Out the Back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. Don't need to be coy, Roy. Just set yourself free. That song... 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, is on the album There Goes Ryman Simon. Yes. Now, I no, love... Pa- no, it's not. I'm still crazy after all these years. Then what is There Goes Fr- Ryman Simon? Is that a live album? Uh, no, there was, a, there was a, a, little, a regular album, There Goes Ryman Simon, and then there was the live album that came out a year after that. On Ryman Simon is Kodachrome. Camera. He says Nikon. I'm a Canon fan myself, but you can go ahead with your Nikon camera. I would like to say that uh, there goes Ryman Simon. Sounds like he... He's out in the south. He did Mardi Gras on there. Come on, take me to the Mardi Gras. I just don't find that album title to be that good genius brilliant i think graceland is a much better album and album title but that's just me there goes ryman simon i just think that it's like 
he he's like I, I don't know. It just sounds like look how tough I am. There I go rhyming again. Hey, I'm Uncle Ron. Mrs. Robinson. That's a good song. Uh, That's on bookends. Yeah. Let's let's go through the catalog of Paul Sauter. First of all, <laughs> didn't he win Album of the Year ten times in, uh, for the Grammys in the seventies? It was like him I and thought he won. him and I Stevie he Wonder. Won, yeah, well, I thought he won for Graceland. Um, I think he won for uh, Still Crazy after all these years, which is in '75. Mm. I don't think he won in '73 with Ryman Simon. I think Stevie Wonder won like every other year in the '70s. Yeah, that was Stevie Wonder. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a Mac Daddy. Stevie Wonder is incredible. He's a he's incredible. a wonderful. Not my favorite yeah. jazz musician. Um, <laughs> I'm Uncle Ron. Yo, what's going on? I'm Uncle Ron. We're just talking about uh, black holes and Uranus. What uh, what else are we talking about? <laughs> what else? What did we just talk about? I forgot. TED Talks. What's your favorite talk? Stevie Ted Wonder. Talk. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Petty Chit. I'm sure Petty Chit could give you a run for your money on uh, Paul Simon know-how, but she says, uh, there goes Ryman Simon. Has a lot of gems, by the way. I am all for Paul Simon chat. Me too. I do love Paul Simon. I think he's a phenomenal uh, guitar player and songwriter. And, uh, you know, he's a good singer. He could sing the songs. Also, I call him Al. Um, But, um, yeah, he's fantastic, Paul Simon. He's incredible. I I think, though, he's he's such a musical nerd. I saw this... uh, interview i think he did with dick cavett from the 70s because i you know i go you go down those rabbit holes where you watch everything about paul simon you'll do it one day everyone out there will do it you'll find yourself going i didn't know he was married to Edie burkell the new bohemians he's not married to the new bohemians i think he's just married to Edie burkell but uh i knew that though <laughs> Here's the point. The point is, he was on a show, and he, all he was doing was playing the guitar, trying to show how cool his chord changes are, which they are phenomenal if you're a nerd about music. But I think the talk show host was just kind of baffled and and just like, "Oh, cool, great. You want a cookie?" Or uh, like, they didn't seem that impressed with the fact that Paul Simon is a genius songwriter. <laughs> they just like, it was kind of. I think he only communicates through song, which is a, you know, it could be worse. <laughs> well, Ari, I think you actually, you, you know, it, well, I think that's the, the thing is that most people don't recognize it. He just finds it like he has these great little ditties and they don't realize the intricacy that goes on in his, in his guitar work. Yeah. And I know you over the years have pointed that out to me by playing me some of his stuff. And watching it being played and knowing a little bit about guitar work that I do know, I know a little bit, seeing a difference of when they see it, it's so much more intricate than than the average pop song. Yes. And I, you pointed that out to me, sir. Well, he is a he's a phenomenal musician, and uh, he does the thing, you know, and there was the controversy that he went to South Africa to, um, you know, people say cultural... Those guys back to the Bruce Springsteen concert. Yeah, cultural pro- appropriation. I got something on Bruce. I'm going to have something on Bruce. He's got one guy, I got five. I would just like to say that for me, as a musician, I don't believe in cultural appropriation in music. And I, like, I think music is the universal language and should and ought to be able to uh, be um, 
You can borrow from all the palettes. You, you're allowed. You're allowed. I think music, uh, it's, you know, we're entering this weird part of internet culture where they're like, you can't do this. And it's like, well, watch me do it. <laughs> watch me do it. I think that music in particular is the one place where you can incorporate all styles of music. And a lot of people came down on Paul Simon for, quote, stealing black music. But in my opinion, he introduced a lot of people to the sounds of African styles of music. And, uh, you know, to each their own and Brazilian styles of music and also Spanish styles of music and also et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, like Caribbean rhythms and rhythms and sounds should be made available to all musicians of all stripes. And uh, that's my opinion on that. Let's see. Well, I'm going to run. <laughs> Go run. Go run. I hope you're listening to nice... Katie G. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. All right. Listen to 50 well, Ways to Leave Your Lover. Just slip out the back, Jack. Make it... I'm going to slam stand. Yeah. I'm going to call you Roy. Just listen to me. Listen to me. Just... <laughs> I think he hopped on the bus, Gus. He made a new plan, Stan. Uh I do like that song. That's the song my mom used to play on the record player. Penny Chit says, is that the Paul Simon equivalent of a three-year-old saying, look what I can do? Kind of. I would say that it is Paul Simon being Paul Simon. It's, he's never more in his element than when he has a guitar in his hands and he's able to play that said guitar and sing. Um, although Garfunkel... I always like to say, uh, I do art for Art Garfunkel's sake. Watch Doctor Who, comma, foo. I would like to watch Doctor Who. I gotta catch up on 50 seasons of that, though. Where do I start? It's gonna take me 50 years to catch up to just now. And then about 50 years from now, there's gonna be 50 more years of Doctor Who. Doctor what? Jigga, jigga, what? I do like, um, I think Paul Simon is great. I think he's one of the greats. He actually came out with a song, a Christmas song, a few years ago. Maybe like 10 years ago, actually. And it was really good. And he was already, you know, at an advanced stage in his career. At an advanced age. And I'm like, this dude's still making good music. I think he has a standard in his head that he tries to meet every time. And I like, I appreciate that. I think there's a lot of people like <clears throat> Bon Jovi. No, I like Bon Jovi a little bit, uh, but I don't know if you heard him recently. A friend of mine sent me a video of Bon Jovi kind of choking, trying to sing songs, and I just felt bad for the guy. Felt bad for him. It's been locked down. He's been out of off the road for two years. How is he going to sing Bon Jovi songs? I know that he is Bon Jovi, but nobody can sing those high notes that Bon Jovi can sing, sort of. Start at season 11, Doctor Who. This year's the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Have they figured out who Doctor Who is, though, yet? Because it sounds like there's a lot of pawing in the dark. Doctor Who? I'm here to see Dr. Pepper. Doctor Who? Dr. Pepper, please. There is a good Doctor Who in every era. Well, I'm Oak Run. You could be all resident Doctor Who. I know there's a new Doctor Who. Um, uh, 
Every time I turn around, there's a new Doctor Who. Every time I turn around. So don't make me turn around. Because watch out. Penny just says, but high notes are a young man's game. Not his fault. It's inevitable. It is like Thanos. Inevitable. I am inevitable. That's what I imagine. That's what that's what Bon Jovi's doing. Bon Jovi. I mean, the guy, look at his haircut. The man's got phenomenal hair. Half of Bon Jovi is his hair. Let's face it. Now, he's a great musician. He's actually a really good musician and songwriter. But I, let, me let, let me let you in on a little secret. Bon Jovi, pretty good. <laughs> you might not know this about a guy who's had a 45-year career, but he's pretty good. Well, actually, I'm Uncle Ron says Ridley Scott was working for the BBC when the show started and is almost in person, uh, the person who designed the Daleks. Interesting. I do love Ridley Scott. He does have a, a really good eye for cinema. You know, that guy's pretty good. Let me just say Aristotle full throttle show. Let me tell you who's good and who's not good. Ridley Scott. Good. Prometheus. Not good. Ted Danson, phenomenal. Golden John Ion says, and people think The Simpsons is running long. Doctor Who is like 30 more seasons, and God knows how many radio plays are lost out there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Eric Dreher, this just in, hot take from Eric Dreher. Bon Jovi is not bad, turns out. Tony Scott. Oh, oh, here's a hot take. I'm Uncle Ron says, Ridley Scott, good. Tony Scott, better. Hmm. You know what? I would have disagreed with you probably about halfway through their careers, but they did. There was, in the long run, I would say that the quality of work and the the it, my overall enjoyment of the movies, even the ones with Will Smith, <laughs> with Tony Scott, what was that, Enemy of the State? What was that one called? Uh, I would say... Tony Scott, Top Gun, hot damn. Yeah, Tony Scott. We got Tony Scott probably making more enjoyable movies over the years. You know, now that I think of it, Ridley Scott got Alien. Ridley Scott got Alien. He's also, Ridley Scott's got a Alien Covenant. What else did Ridley Scott do? <laughs> True Romance, Tony Scott. Oh my goodness, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Val Kilmer plays Elvis. It's fantastic. Also, James Gandolfini gets stabbed in the foot. Also, Brad Pitt. Basically hanging out just in the movie. He's like, hey, I'm Brad Pitt. I'm here. Thelma and Louise. Tony Scott, bro. Who else? Thelma and Louise. That's a, that's a good movie. You're right, I'm Uncle Ron. I would have disagreed with you at some point because I think that Tony Scott was more of a, a flashier kind of Hollywood guy and, and really Scott who's a little bit more epic and artful. But at the end of the day, Tony Scott's movies, I enjoy more. Uh, you've surprised me. I've gotten surprised by today. But today, that's, that's, that's good. Golden John Ion says, probably tapped over, taped over, 
That was a common practice before valued archiving media. Oh, what happened to you? You taped over your old uh, old Simpsons videos. Beverly Hills Cop 2. You know, we should really talk. We should have that talk. That was a good one. John Landis did the first one, right? And the third one? Second one. Yeah. But Tony Scott, good golly. Yeah, what are your favorite Tony Scott movies? Man on Fire sounds painful. Oh, that's a movie. Cool. Man on Fire sounds like a hot sauce. I would like some, please, on my taco Thursday. While I'm winding down, I am thinking about Tony Scott movies, and they are better. Well, listen, in retrospect, I think I've enjoyed more Tony Scott movies than I've enjoyed Ridley Scott movies. I think White Squall is forgettable, Uh, you know. Ridley Scott. Legend? All right. Weird. Tom Cruise is in that. Tony Scott said, let me get Tom Cruise into a better movie, and we'll call that Top Gun. My friend, she used to work for Great Scott Productions. I think it was called Great Scott. Uh, so she's she's known Tony. You know, rest in peace, Tony. He had a terminal brain cancer and decided to take it upon himself to take it upon himself. And uh, on one level, I respect it. On another level, he left his Lamborghini on the bridge. That's a parking violation. Days of Thunder. So good. Cold trickle. There's a really great film flub in that movie, Days of Thunder. And it's still in there. You can watch it. It's actually pretty interesting. When Cole Trickle gets introduced to one of the characters in the movie, they're like, ha, this is my buddy Cole Trickle. And then the, the the actor, she goes, hi, Tom. She literally says, hi, Tom. It's like the moment in Star Wars where Luke Skywalker goes, Carrie! Where he screams Carrie Fisher's name. They just leave it in there because they're like, yeah, yeah, it's a movie. We're just making stuff up. This isn't real. Lest you think this is a galaxy far, far away. It's a soundstage in London. Um... Days of Thunder, good stuff. Days of Thunder was Top Gun on a racetrack. Top Gun. The NASCAR Top Gun. I love that our friend Michael Rooker is in that movie. Michael Rooker. So good. Man, that guy's got a cool voice. Also, I'm going to take a nap now. I know it's 5.30 p.m., but you, you, you're not the boss of me. Maybe you can be actually if you pay, if you uh, send money through Patreon, we could continue doing this show every day. Also subscribe on Twitch. I would appreciate that. That would be fantastical. Also, you know you could just listen to it as a podcast each day on all of the apps. And that actually, I made ten dollars last month. Thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's ten more dollars. That's almost uh, Starbucks coffee. I could buy myself a pizza at the end of this month if you keep it going. Keep it going. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Uncle Ron says, not sure how I feel about the new Top Gun. Did you see it yet? Is it out yet? Or it's out next week? I forget. Pizza Papa always gets paid. Thank you so much. Papa, ooh, mow, mow. Papa, ooh, mow, mow. Papa, 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 ooh. 
I'm quoting the movie E.T. Go get the pizza. Welcome to my brain. This is an hour of what goes on in my head every day. Uh, welcome to it. It's it's a very noisy place. <laughs> so that's why I have this here mallet. And I just hit myself on the fro with it. Um, but yeah, I do appreciate you guys listening every day. And I think what we learned today is uh, if you don't know the answer, just say, I don't know. It's okay. It's hum- it's humble. It's also you you've opened yourself up to learn a thing or two, perhaps. Um, there's there's more honor in admitting you don't know the answer to something than making up a fake one. In my opinion, I think you could just go ahead and say I don't know the answer. I think that I think that's commendable. I would do that all the time, even as like on set as a photographer and stuff like that. For like when I was first kind of learning how learning my way around the the whole thing you know people would be like hey what about this photography thing and i'd be like i, I don't know <laughs> i kind of got just thrown into the photography uh, onset photography free world about 10 years ago 12 years ago and i just kind of winged it for the first year <laughs> i studied as much as i could but there'd be times where people were like hey how about this thing and i'm like i don't know i just got this camera it's got buttons on it but now it's all second nature, which is cool. But it helped by admitting that I didn't know certain things. And then I learned them in that moment because people would be like, oh, okay, you don't know. Let me show you. Usually if they're cool, if they say you don't know and they get frustrated, then they're, you know, have patience with people who don't know things. Also, don't say you know something you don't. Like me, I'm best friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, I'm not. Christopher Walken is the emperor of the universe. I'm Uncle Ron. What do you think of that? He beat he beat you out for the job of Emperor of the Universe. I mean, there's only one. Let me talk to your manager, Emperor of the Universe. Can't do it. It's a pretty lofty title. I think that will be my title. I think every time I fill out paperwork and it says, what's your title, Mr. Doctor, I'm going to write Emperor of the Universe. You're welcome. I'm also, I've also been known to be the most hyperbolic person in the entire universe. You never saw the first Dune, I'm Uncle Ron. Well, sit down and get ready to be mesmerized. Also, try to keep your eyes open. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's Danny Villeneuve. Danny Venezuela, I call him. He, you know, he happens to be French Canadian, but I won't hold that against him. He's a phenomenal artist. He is like if Ridley Scott was good. <laughs> Danny, uh, Denis Villeneuve, he is fantastic. He's an incredible artist. Watch him talk about every scene. Watch him talk about the scenes in his movies. Just watch him talk about them, and you will be just. You see that he has thought through everything and, and really loves the material that he's, he's doing, that he brings to the screen. Yeah, I love it. I love Denis Villeneuve. Denis. Never saw the first Dune. Poutine eating SOB. Yeah, you're putting me on. Poutine is fantastic. Well, listen, I'm Uncle Ron. You've got the cheese curds. They've got the poutine. Sounds like a match made in heaven, or Wisconsin. But uh, 
Yeah, we've achieved it. 100 messages in the chat. Awesome. We did it. Thank you, guys. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful evening. I'm going to go lay down. I do love poutine as well. You and me, Uncle Ron. We got to share a big thing of poutine one day. Cheese curds and poutine. Except uh, my half of the poutine has to be meatless. Because, you know. Unless we go to Canada. Because if we go over the border to Canada, I say that I'm a... Technically, it's the same continent. I'll leave you with this. I am a continental vegetarian. This is to say, if I'm in Iberia... I will eat the Iberian ham because I say, you know what? I'll try it. And I feel like your meat system, your meat industry is probably more humane than the American one. But uh, also about continents, continents aren't a thing. (laughs) It's just a made up thing because there's no actual standard. Now you can go on Wikipedia where all knowledge is, and read about this, but there is no actual standard for what constitutes a continent that is agreed upon between geologists and cartographers. So if you look at this, they'll disagree all day up and down, and also um, tectonic like geologists. They, they will just say, well, technically, Zealandia is a, is a continent, even though it's mostly submerged. And then uh, map makers will say, well, it's not, though. And then they'll fight about it. And you can watch them do a cage match about it. But there's a disagreement whether there's three continents, four continents, five continents, six continents, or seven continents. Or one. Supercontinent. It's interesting. It's interesting if you're into that kind of thing. There's no agreement. Really. Technically. North and South America could be one continent. The only reason why they're divided is because of the Panama Canal. And we we made that. People. Me and you. Well, me and you. The four of us. The five of us. We all dug that. Got malaria. The, the most human cost in one of the, yeah. That cost like some of the, like the most, the highest death count in building that thing. <laughs> That and Mulholland Drive. You know, I think that, uh, and also, if Australia is a continent, then why isn't Greenland a continent? You know, go figure this out. Stay up all night wondering. I'm going to take a nap. I'm Uncle Ron said, yeah, I remember when we were in uh, Panama catching diseases while digging. Yeah. Um, You know what, though? A man, a plan, a canal, Panama. 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 Uh. You know, that's a palindrome. A man, a plan, a canal, Panama. It's pretty cool palindrome. Uh, it's also the tagline. Speaking of taglines, bringing it back to taglines, also bringing it back to Thespian Troop 2963. Taglines. Uh, the tagline for my band, Veda, back on MySpace, because you were allowed a tagline for your band, was a man, a plan, a canal, Veda. Stupid. Always stupid. Words of wisdom, D-U-M-B. Thank you for being here. I love your faces. You're fantastic. Uh, Save some poutine for me. 
and I'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll see. Tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow's a big day. All right. Bye, guys.